Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. It is a Friday, and the big news within the last half hour, Deshaun Watson will not face criminal charges, according to prosecutors in Texas. This does nothing with the civil cases that have been brought against him by 22 women. Those are still there, but Watson will not face any charges criminally for the allegations made against him. It is likely that now Watson will be dealt out of Houston. No official word yet from the Texans or any other team on a possible deal or even reports Aaron Torres. But it is the top story of the day and a story that we knew was coming today because we knew that the grand jury would be uh, provided evidence and to look this over. And this was the this was the sticking point where the criminal charges were likely going to prevent Deshaun Watson if they were to end up uh, being brought against him. He he was untradeable in in that Mm -hmm. instance. Now, he's still going to face a penalty from the National Football League for their, um, you know, personal conduct policy and what they have. But this just clears the way for Deshaun Watson now that these criminal charges are going to be a thing of the past. Well, that's the point that you just brought up uh, in the last segment of the last hour is, and there are no more quarterbacks that can change your franchise the way that Deshaun Watson will. So great for Deshaun Watson who has the no trade clause and great for the Houston Texans who now can probably get something close to a, uh, you know, a full, a full bounty, if you will, uh, for, uh, for Deshaun Watson. The league did release a statement, say they continue to monitor and uh, look into the Deshaun Watson situation. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet River Sportsbook, Bet River is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. His name is on this show. It is Doug Gottlieb. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And live from Indianapolis as he covers the Big Ten Tournament, Doug Gottlieb joins his own show here on Fox Sports Radio. What's happening, Dougie? How's it going? Hey, guys. I noticed the the pep in the step and Dan Byer's voice. That must mean Dan thinks that the Seahawks are going to trade for for Deshaun Watson. Is that right? I don't, you know, I just don't understand why you would trade uh, Wilson for the draft capital and then give it away immediately for Watson and have nothing around him. But, I, I mean, I, and I don't think they're going to get a discounted price either because of now all the teams that would be interested in Watson, right? I mean, I, there, there's nobody I, else I, out I, there. I think there's a good question, though, of how many teams are interested in, and, you know, like I, I, I talked about this yesterday on with, uh, when I hosted Cowherd Show, like, you couldn't bring him into Washington, Just regardless of the fact that he's not going to be criminally charged. You can't bring a guy who has that number of civil suits pending for something with women when you have the organization under investigation for treatment of women at the top of the organization. So that, that it just the reality is sure. not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what Seattle's stance would be. Right? Is you know, it's a very progressive city. On the other hand, you know, because there's no criminal charges. Can they take him? And to a certain extent, yes, you're right about the draft capital. They need to rebuild the roster. And it's really hard to rebuild a roster if in order to get the quarterback you need, you have to get rid of the picks you just acquired to rebuild that roster. So it's a very it, – it's an interesting – But so if it's not them, uh, Carolina you'd think would be interested. That makes Sam Darnold available. 
Uh, would Pittsburgh be interested? I don't know. That's that's yeah. within the a- AFC. See that that's a question. Philly, um, yeah, Philly in the NFC, New Orleans, Tampa. You know, I I just these they all need quarterbacks, and he's obviously the best one out there, and he's not going to play in Houston anymore. So, Doug, let me ask you a dumb question. Um, I can't speak for Dan. Uh, I never played sports quite at the level that you did, obviously, at the the highest levels of college and professionally. Uh, I know we have personal trainers and all that stuff. How much do you think, like, like uh, that's a part that I don't feel like anybody's talking about, is the guy hasn't played competitive football in going to be 24 months by the time he steps on the field. What do you expect to actually see when he steps on the field next August, September? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I don't. He was playing at a pretty high level before before this all shut down, right? I mean, he was, they were bad, he was good. And uh, so I, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's some catching up to do in terms of live action, but I, it's not like he hasn't been throwing, hasn't been working out. He was around the team in the facility last year in the preseason and for most of this season. So I, I don't know, but I don't think, you know, look, if he takes care of his body, he should be great. He should be ready to go. That's why they need to, if they're going to trade him, they need to speed up that process, do it now so he gets in there and starts throwing with his new teammates and he gets back sharp. The other part to it is what we don't know and is how long a suspension is likely coming from the league. Like, just because you avoided criminal charges doesn't mean the league won't be heavy-handed in how this looks, you know, because there, there are civil suits out there. So there's a lot, Aaron, to answer your question, I don't know. I do know that most, most quarterbacks don't believe that there's, you're missing that much when you sit. He's missed time before with – he's torn his ACL twice, so he's, and he's come back True. sharper and better than ever. I would think this would be much the same. Doug Gottlieb joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox That's weird, Sports huh? Radio. Yeah, Good booking, by weird. the way, by Jay Stu. Good, tough booking. <laughs> I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres. Doug is in Indianapolis at the Big Ten Tournament. We're going to talk some college hoops in a bit. But what was your main takeaway from last night's Nets demolishing of the Sixers? I mean, Durant was Durant. Was Durant. Ben Simmons was on the bench with a $2,000 sweater. James Harden was 3 of 17. What do you take away from a 29-point win by Brooklyn? I would never buy a $2,000 sweater. That's, that's, that's one thing. I mean, I'm good. I'm good with my sweats. I'm a sweatshirt guy. Um, I, 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 we're all in denial that the Nets are legit title contenders, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I was until last night. Aaron's been on that train, but I, I wanted to see it, and I think I saw it in 4K last night in Philly. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I don't – I. Look, Kevin Durant, when he's healthy, he's arguably the best player in the league. And Kyrie Irving, when he's healthy, is in the conversation of one of the best guards in the league. And then, you know, the team is built for three stars. And you have a guy now that doesn't require the basketball to be successful. So, yeah, I I, I kind of see it. And and it was one of those, you know, where I think the, the fans' bravado is more than the, more than the Sixers' bravado, like – they still got to figure out. James Harden's a tricky one. He's never been great in the postseason. He wasn't great last night. And, you know, his weaknesses of not being a particularly good defender and when he's not getting calls, he, he's just an above-average player. I, I thought that was all on display last night. And they're still trying to figure themselves out. So speaking of that, uh, you know, uh, Dan and I were talking about this earlier. Do you feel like the the Embiid Harden hype was a little bit much after two or three games? It was you know so, somebody uh, Dan Patrick was talking about this earlier, but uh, you know the the new Shaq and Kobe, the new career, like w- it seemed a little bit much to me. How did you stand on the the early Embiid Harden hype prior to last night? 
Uh, I would agree that it's a little bit much. I also, like, we we have a tendency, AT, as you know, to do it's all or nothing, right? Either James yeah. Harden's a bum or James Harden and Joel Embiid are the greatest combination since, you know, peanut butter and jelly, right? The, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And the truth is that, that the other part about James Harden that frustrates people is, you know, his lack of overall physical conditioning, and that, that hurts your consistency. Um, but that game was – that was a playoff atmosphere. That was a that, – that had the atmosphere of something that could have been awesome, and Philly just no-showed, and Harden especially. And I, I think that was – if that didn't settle their ego down a little bit, nothing, nothing will. But, I mean, like, this is – we had the same hype around when Westbrook joined him. That didn't work. When he went to Brooklyn last year, that didn't work. And now in Philadelphia. So some of it is, like, Harden's super talented, but is he a winning basketball player? That is definitely TBD. That, that's what, what, what uh, I don't want to say annoyed me because I'm not a Sixers fan, but what bothered me about last night was your point about the fans knew it. The Nets knew it. Seth Curry knew it. He had 24 against his former team. Everybody knew it except for the guys on the court for the 76ers. Like, I, I don't know how you lose by 29 in a game that everybody was waiting for. And that's what bothers me so much about, I, I, I guess, about Philadelphia is I understand if you lose by 12, but you're down double digits at the end of the first quarter and it doesn't get any better and it's just a romp afterwards. I don't know, I don't know if there's any excuse for Philadelphia to put that sort of effort up and how anybody could believe in them after that effort last night. Yeah, that, that, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. And I understand it's just one game. Yeah. It's just a regular season game, but it wasn't. Like, that's one of those games where, you know, you, you, you get the you get your neck lined up so you don't have a hairy neck. That's that's one of those, yes. you know, like if it's a there's there's going out to have drinks with the guys and there's times when you shave and make sure you put on some cologne like that. That's one of those deals. And it was it was stunning to see them and, and what what happened and how they know showed. So, Doug, I, I want to ask you a few college hoops questions. I don't know if Dan has anything NFL, NBA related, but real quick, uh, you know, I know you're in the building right now, but Auburn, uh, you know, uh, not where you are, but Auburn takes a loss today. Baylor loses last night. Uh, Arizona now has injury concerns. Like, what do you make of the field that we're about to get here in a couple of days? Because it feels like there's a lot of teams kind of at the top of the bracket that seem to be trending in the wrong direction. Well, they're kind of limping in. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's coming back around to who we thought was going to be good is going to be good anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of thought Purdue is going to be really good. And, yeah, they struggled. their big struggle to guard out on the floor. But I think they're going to be really good when they get to the NCAA tournament. I think the same is true of Gonzaga, right? I think, uh, you know, Duke wasn't great yesterday, but I think the same is true of Duke. And I, I still think Kentucky is the team. If they're healthy coming out of the SEC, like, that's the team – that I, I would say has the best chance out of the SEC. You know, Auburn's loss last night, like that's, you kind of, we kind of all saw it coming. They're a team that the guards can drive you crazy. Um, I still have faith that they'll find a way to get to the second weekend, then your kind of your talent takes over. But that, that would be, I mean, like, look, the season beats up teams. I mean, I watched Ohio State go down yesterday, but, you know, they don't have really two or three key bench players. So they're a, very much a different basketball team. So I, I think some of it is just the attrition of these makeup games where these kids have had too many games of late. And yeah. some of it is just kind of water finding its level a little bit. And the teams that we thought were real are going to be real at the end of the year.
Yeah, that is the voice of Doug Gottlieb. He, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. Doug taking time out of his busy schedule at the Big Ten Tournament, and that's where, where I am going to focus on. Because I said to Aaron, I think the Big Ten could have a Final Four team. I don't think that they have a national championship team in that league. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment? Mm, I, I I think the I think what you wanted to say I I more agreed with which is like I think it's a really really good league but they don't have a, ch- a final four team or because cha- I think once yeah. you get to the final four you kind of uh, look I I think I mean I'll, I just watched I'll Iowa. tell you what I'll tell you what I mean I think Johnny Davis could carry Wisconsin right? like, I think Agreed. that that's possible yes I think Purdue is a good enough team to make the final four but I think they have too many. I don't know. For some reason, they can't close out games at times. Like, there's just – they're not going to be able to win six in a row, I don't think. And then Illinois loses today to Indiana. They've got gaps. So, I think I think some of those teams could make four, uh, make a run of four. I just don't think they can – any of them can make a run of six. Uh, it, it's it's a fair assessment. I would say what you're on to is why I would I might disagree with you, which is generally you need a, a pro. You need a – uh, just a dude, right? Because mm-hmm. you get in these games and all things are like, and one team has a guy, you know, named Johnny Davis, or one team has a guy named Keegan Murray, and you don't. I think that's what, that's why Illinois, you had that hope last year with Io DeSumo, right? But he's not yeah. there, and it feels like they lack, they don't have an alpha to kind of take over games. Kofi just is not that guy, uh, as, as dom- physically dominant as he can be. I would agree with you on Illinois, but it is why I think Purdue has a shot with Jaden Ivey. I think he's that type of takeover-a-game guy at both ends of the floor. And I think that, frankly, Iowa is a little bit better than we normally think because Keegan Murray is that level of player. And I would say the same thing with Johnny Davis. Normally, the Big Ten has really good teams. They just don't have those top-end pros, if you will. I think this year is different. This year, you have three teams with a a legit dude, and they may overachieve in the tournament because of it. So you just told us a bunch of teams that you're buying a little bit. Who are you selling at this time of year going into next week? I struggle with with Providence. They've won so many close games, and I think what happens is we, because they won the league without playing those three three games to make up, it, it gives uh, people who haven't been paying a ton of attention who, how good they really, really are. I don't know. I, I struggle with Providence just because I think they're really good and they're really tough-minded, but I do think they lack what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Nova the same. Like, Nova's a slightly better, and they have just a culture where they believe they're going to win every game, but I don't know if they have a guy who can legit get a step and, and, and make a difference. So those are really well-respected teams. Them and, and Illinois, same thing. They're just dependent upon you know, Plummer to jump up and knock down six or seven threes. And when he doesn't, they get kind of limited offensive a little bit. So th- those would be a couple of them. I mean, I'm not huge on Kansas. I just, they're not great at the point guard spot. I think ultimately that'll rear its head. I think they won the Big 12 because Bill Self is a wizard <laughs> and they have great culture and they find ways to not dump games other teams would. But I, I don't think they're a great NCAA tournament team because point guard play because they don't have the Johnny Davis, the Keegan Murray. Ochai Abaji's a very good player, but he's not a top 15 pick in the NBA draft. So I think Kansas would be a team that I'd have I'd have more reasonable expectations of. Doug Gottlieb joining his own show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres. Did you realize, Doug, that you made headlines this week in college basketball? What'd I do? 
Well, it, it, you didn't do anything, really. It's what Bruce Weber said. Kansas State uh, lost on Wednesday in the Big 12 tournament. And then Bruce Weber, after the game, uh, had a press conference song. Great speech. Here's a little of Bruce Weber for you. We'll just, we'll I let still you remember him. I, I walked in. There, there were protests. They wanted Doug Gottlieb as the coach or something. It was the uh, most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Did you hear about like that? K-State? I did hear about that. Yeah, I did know so, that. yes, so it was what's a thing. The, what, what's the background? Well, the back the background is that um, at the time I was covering the Big Twelve more, uh, obviously playing the Big Twelve, and my dad had been an assistant at Kansas State, and um, I had discussions with a couple people in the athletic department when and and what what really happened was I thought they were going to hire Brad Underwood when Frank Martin left. And because Brad Underwood was on Frank Martin's staff, even though he had played at Kansas State, the uh, at the time he was not really seen as a candidate. And so when 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 that became obvious, uh, I was you know like I I thought Brad deserved an opportunity, and they said Brad's not really a candidate. I said you know they, would you be interested? Yeah, how would you do it? And I kind of laid out what I thought. I was also doing. Uh, a really popular radio segment weekly on the Big 12 in Kansas City, and it just kind of became a thing. And, um, yeah, then they the, – the Bruce Weber thing was uh, – I, I think no one saw it coming. If you remember, he had been fired by Illinois like a week before, and it was very, very hush-hush in terms of reaching out to him and him taking the job, and it was a, it was a very quick move. And I think that's why it looked like that to Bruce. So uh, I've known Bruce for a long time. Um, I, I do think he made some really good points in how successful they've been. I do think it was time for them to make a change. I think even Bruce would probably agree with that, even if it's, it's painful. But, uh, yeah, that was interesting that he brought that up on the, the, his, his next to last, or last day being fully gainfully employed. It's kind of random. You it, know? Was. You know? it was a real thing. I mean, it was a, sure. it was a real, there was really a protest to try and get me to be the head coach. That was kind of cool. That is very interesting. Um, you know, sort of last one for me, but, you know, you were in the building today. I, I believe you were anyway, Indy, Indianapolis. Um, I'm still here. Yeah, well, what do you make of the Mike Woodson revolution? Are they in or are they not in? I mean, you know, two straight – best two two days streak for Indiana in a long time, but they knock off the top seed. They've been on the bubble. Uh, and what's the vibe around the team and the fan base in the city? i got to imagine they're pretty excited right now after the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yesterday it was kind of let's see. And, and remember they're down 17 in the second mm-hmm. half yesterday to Michigan. And they came back, and it was incredible. He's He's changed some of the lineups. He, I, you know, you watch him and he does coach it. There's a, d- definitely an NBA uh, level of acumen there where much more attention to detail with the lineups and with ATOs. Um, but the big thing is that Xavier Johnson's really playing well, the pit transfer. And, you know, here's a guy that hadn't played in many what you'd call important games in his career. Now when these get really important, he stepped up and been huge. Trace Jackson Davis, I mean, as to be expected, kind of took over late in today's game. He was great yesterday as well. Uh, they're, they're a good team. I, uh, they, and they've been very good defensively all year. It's been the offense, which, which has been sporadic. If they win tomorrow, I don't think, it's, I don't think there's any way you keep them out, right? Yeah. Um, and even – I still think they probably make the field. I just there's so many teams that are so flawed – that these past two wins and being, uh, uh, you know, being the, to the type of quality wins, and and if you lose to an Iowa tomorrow, it's not a bad loss. I think Indiana's going to get in. I just, if you if you don't like them, who do you like? Like, like 
You know, be, yeah. like BYU's resume. I love BYU. I'd love the WCC to get four teams, but boy, it's pretty light. You look at the ACC, and I tell me like Notre Dame's resume is not great. Mm-hmm. Right? They do Wake. have the Kentucky win that really helps them. Wake's, um, Wake's resume really doesn't look good. I mean, Wake. Really what, who is Wake beaten? Mm-hmm. You know, they have one good win their entire season, and it was what North Carolina. Like that's not great. So my my point is like. You can say whatever you want about all the losses Indiana has sustained. They're real, and they're a legitimately flawed team. So are all these teams. But played a pretty good schedule and seem to be figuring out when it matters. Knowing what you know now, do you wish you would have been at K-State instead of working with John Ramos? Is that, uh, Doug, is that fair to say or not? Um, Well, Ramos is definitely one of those hindering factors to Fox Poetry. <laughs> holds you back constantly. You know, he's, I, our, he, he's our A-10 insider today. Uh, John, do you have any news on the Atlantic 10 for Doug that he may not have caught up because he's at the Big Doug, Ten Doug, did tournament? you know that St. Bonaventure uh, lost? I mean, they won. I'm sorry. They beat St. Louis. <laughs> the opposite of what? <laughs> this is what happens when you you're gone, You just want to make Doug. sure you've been paying attention, Doug. That's really what that sorry. was. Yeah. Sorry, Doug. Wait, wait. This is a you had one job and you still screwed it up, Doug. <laughs> well, I, I scribbled down St. something and I wasn't sure if it was Bonaventure or it's Louis. That's why I got you, messed up. Do you know where St. Bonaventure is Located. I do not. I know they're the Bonnies. I know that part. Oleon, New York. Okay. Oleon, New York. And yes, it is as in the middle of the nowhere as you think Oleon, New York would be. <laughs> would be. And, and just, uh, Doug, for your knowledge, St. Louis won the game. <laughs> I don't know what John said, but St. Louis beat St. Bonaventure See, 57 to 56. It was a, It's really scratch, Doug. It's scratch writing. It's hard for me to kind of see it. Oh man! Is, it's copious notes. St. Louis. Went, this is like the, this is like the, the scene from um, Naked Gun. St. Louis good. St. Bonaventure bad. John did good. St. Bonaventure bad. John did tell us. Session bad. Recovery good. Right. Uh, John told us the score was 33-32 with 15 minutes left in the first half earlier. <laughs> so they must have gone on fire. It was in the second half. Don't worry. He got uh, the halves oh, wrong. But, uh, I also that's... loved the analysis yesterday. Boise, big matchup tomorrow with whoever wins the other quarterfinal. Back to you, Dan. <laughs> oh, man. We need you back, Doug. <laughs> who did who, Aaron, who did win? Out? So Colorado State on that terrible charge call, they beat Utah yep. State, right? Yeah, All right, so, we got, so Utah we got State season is over. Wyoming came back and won. They beat UNLV. They did, yeah. So we got the top four in the Mountain West today. So it'll be uh, Wyoming and Boise, and then San Diego State, Colorado State in the late game. It's gonna be a fun one. That is a fun one. That's that, I mean, that's, that's good. That league is. I've covered that league all year. That, that league is really fun to. I mean, and and all, those are the four best. That's. Uh, I would say so. Wait, Colorado State. But, but they play who? San Diego State. Okay. And San Diego State has kind of owned them. Yeah. Owned them recently. All right. We're getting sandmanned on your own show, Doug. We got to let you go. Jason Stewart's pulling the, yeah, pulling the curtain. All right. Enjoy the rest of the games, man. I I will talk to you guys Monday. We'll have a bracket set up Monday. We'll be ready to go, and we'll have AT on on the other side. So we'll switch. Monday I'll be back hosting, and AT can be our guest. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. He's Doug Gottlieb, host of this, the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Aaron Torres sitting in for Doug. We're going to take you the rest of the way, give you the latest on Deshaun Watson and really what this whole Carson Wentz situation means in Washington because it's not what you think it is. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're on the verge of free agency in the NFL, but some of the dirty work going on right now. We'll get to that in a minute. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as we are sitting in for Doug today. Check out the latest lines for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. We'll have a college basketball update with Brian Fenley coming up in about 10 minutes or so getting you up to date of what is happening in conference tournaments but we now focus on the nfl joining the program as a former nfl gm with the new york jets also in the dolphins front office is their executive vp now serving on the board of directors of performance products company x2 performance and he's the founder of the 33rd team one of the great follows on Twitter, getting the inside information of what is happening. It's a football think tank consisting of former NFL head coaches, GMs, graduate students that create in-depth analysis on college and pro football. He's the one and only Mike Tannenbaum joins the program again. Hey, Mike, happy Friday. How are you? Great to be with you guys. How you doing? Great. Uh, I'm going to start out with this because this caught our eye this morning, and it's Bobby Wagner tweeting out that hey, I was with the Seahawks for 10 years, and uh, they weren't the ones to tell me that I was being let go. How are, are you surprised at this, or is this a nowadays sort of thing? But how would you have handled the release of a guy who spent a decade leading your defense? Is this, is this dirty pool by the Seattle Seahawks? Unfortunately, that's going to happen, guys. Um, you know, news spreads so fast that, um, of course, you want to try to get to him as quickly as possible thank him for everything, and move on. I got to tell you, there was a couple times where I did deals with players and agents where I found out that they accepted the deal through social media where (laughs) we made our last best offer or I felt like there was a deal we made or maybe a tweak or two. And next thing you know, they're tweeting out that they're so happy to be a a Jet or a Dolphin or whatever. So (laughs) it's a different world now with social media. So it's certainly not ideal, um, but those things do happen. So, Mike, obviously a lot of the buzz this week has been about Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson, but I'm kind of curious about Carson Wentz. Um, as a former you know, kind of front office guy, what would it kind of say to you, and this is no disrespect to Washington, I understand they need a quarterback, but this guy has had two teams basically go in another direction in two years, including the guy that basically had him playing at an MVP level several years, in Philadelphia, several years ago in Philadelphia in Frank Wright, who's now in Indy. It feels like to me there should be some more warning flags, but it doesn't seem to me Washington seems to care. Am I crazy? Am I overreacting to that? It's totally fair. I think it's more a referendum on the options, which is – you look in this year's draft, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, certainly interesting, Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, beyond that, candidly, there's a whole bunch of question marks. And I think if you know, we collectively were running a team, uh, Carson Wentz is far from perfect. But when you look at the options, you're, you're like, you know what, Like this may get, give us our best shot. But I would always be very, uh, con- not concerned, but very sober and look at it very carefully that this is his third team in three years. Mike Tannerbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. How much better does Russell Wilson make Denver? Well, it gives him a seat at the table. And without him, they have no shot. They have no hope. So to me, and we got to remember this, guys. The Rams were the four seed and they won the Super Bowl. 
they don't have to win the division. In fact, they don't even need sure. to have the first wild card. And they now have a chance to compete. Without him, they have no hope. So they paid a steep price, but I thought it was a really smart move. What do you just make in general of what every any given Sunday is going to be like in the AFC next year with not only those younger quarterbacks, but with older veteran guys like Russell Wilson now coming to that conference? It's unbelievable. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. And by the way, we sometimes forget that the number one seed last year was Tennessee. Over mm-hmm. 17 games, Ryan Tannehill let Tennessee to the number one seed. So it's if you don't have a quarterback in the AFC, guys, you really have no hope. Mike Tannerbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, founder of the 33rd team. Give us a give us a behind-the-scenes look at what goes into the conversations if you are going into a rebuild. Is that a coach decision? Is that a GM decision? Is that an ownership decision? Because it sure seems like the Seahawks are in a rebuild mode. How does that conversation come about, and how does that how is that developed? It's organizational alignment. You know, I always said when you have the privilege of one of these jobs, guys, you're the point guard of information. So if we're going to move on from Russell Wilson, we're going to move on from Bobby Wagner, let's manage expectations. I don't think it's now about, hey, does Seattle win three games this year or four games? It's about progress. And pretty soon, guys, the whole narrative is going to turn towards Bryce Young. And there was this whole notion of tank for Tua a couple of years ago. And now it's about you know Bryce Young because he he's the next great best quarterback uh, on the horizon. Does does uh, just to follow up on that? Does Pete Carroll say, "Hey, I'm the head coach of this team"? Does John Schneider bring it up? Does Jody Allen say, "Guys, we got to turn this around, otherwise you guys aren't going to be around"? How does like how do you even broach the conversation? Like this thing is broken, and we need to fix it. Yeah, I just think we got to look up at Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford and say, like, can we really compete with these guys? And, oh, by the way, the 49ers have been in the Super Bowl and the championship game, and they're getting better and we're getting older, and we need to amass as many ways to improve our team, and that's probably going to be you know, around our quarterback, Russell Wilson, and here's what we can do over the next couple of years. So, Mike, obviously, look, you, you have a chance to get a guy like Russell Wilson. you got to take advantage, but – do you believe that kind of the ethos on how to build a team has changed at all because of what the Rams did? Obviously, there's only so many Vaughn Millers and Odell Beckhams and Jalen Ramsey's available to trade a bunch of draft capital for, but it does seem like there's more teams that are more willing to mortgage their future uh, for the opportunity, whether it is a Russell Wilson, a Matthew Stafford, a whomever. Uh, do you think the league has changed? Is this just the latest trend? Is it not a big deal at all? What do you make of kind of uh, what the Rams did to build this Super Bowl champion this year? Yeah, I think you got to learn and listen. And, 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 you know, I think we all look back a year ago and say, wow, two first-round picks for Stafford and no first-round pick for five years, and that's stunning. But, you know, they got the ring, so let's give them credit. And I think, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle where I think teams will take sort of like a modified approach between, you know, one way of building through the draft and what they've done. Um, so I think what we've seen with Russell Wilson is, is sort of like, uh, I would say, you know, in part to that, guys, but I think you foundationally you still got to hit on picks, even if they're in the later rounds. Mike Tannerbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Last one uh, from me, from the former Jets GM and, again, founder of the 33rd team. The NFL Combine is now in our rearview mirror, and at one point I always felt, Mike, that this was this was kind of the, the gospel in terms of pro days were so slanted towards the player having a great great day that you kind of took what the combine did is their real numbers 
Is there a switch with that now, with guys maybe not participating with some of the stuff that's happening? Is Have you seen a switch in the NFL where now maybe we are focusing more on the pro days where these guys can be their absolute best? Because that's the feeling that I'm getting on how we look at the combine compared to these college pro days. Well, I just think it's all about putting them in the best position possible, and you're going to take their best performance, but you're going to make sure that you know if it's an offensive lineman, if they run – certain speed that you want to take the weight with them so you don't want to take like one weight and then one time speed you want to make sure you take it all at the same time and we want to take their best performance and then compare it against you know uh their competitors but i was never dogmatic that it had to be the combine or the pro day but it had to be consistent in terms of like let's take all the measurements from that performance on the same day Last one for me, Mike, as well. Uh, you know, we spent a ton of time talking about the AFC with good reason. Uh, the NFC is kind of an interesting kind of uh, – you call it a lot of different things. I, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth here. But is there an organization, is there a team that you kind of feel like, look, there's a huge void now that Tom Brady's gone. There's a huge void now that Russell Wilson is in the AFC. Is there a team, and organization that you feel like could be on the rise over the next year or two considering all the movement in the NFC this offseason? You know, I love Dak Prescott. You know, if they could, if he could just stay healthy and um, you know stack a couple of seasons together, I think they have a chance. Now, look, they're going to look different. Presumably, they're going to lose Amari Cooper. Their offensive line isn't what it once was, but to me, they're a team with a lot of young, skilled players, and I think a very, very good quarterback in Dak Prescott. Former NFL GM, now turned TV analyst and founder of the Thirty Third Team, Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. All right, thanks so much for having me, guys. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. As we look at the NFL, Aaron, Prior to free agency, there still could be an opportunity of uh, teams maybe making a move for quarterbacks. And I'm not I don't love the Carson Wentz move. And later on in the show, we'll get more into that. But there is a quarterback out there that I think could really help NFL teams and one team in particular. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, the future of him, kind of put into question by Jason Lockenfora earlier this week, saying that the Vikings wouldn't mind clearing some uh, a lot of money from their salary cap, and Kirk Cousins could be one of those guys, and Kirk Cousins is going to be wanting a new contract soon. And I just look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know there have been conflicting reports about Deshaun Watson, and we could find out more, uh, who knows, maybe in the next hour, about what Deshaun Watson's status could be uh, because of the uh, information that's going to be unveiled in Houston. The point being is I don't know if the Steelers are or aren't in on Deshaun Watson because there have been conflicting reports. But I do know that the Steelers would be a better football team uh, than they were a year ago if Kirk Cousins was their quarterback. And we did the draft yesterday in our game time segment about worst quarterback situation in the NFL. And I took the Steelers. I just think it's a bad, bad spot. And I think that Kirk Cousins would be so much of an upgrade over what Ben Roethlisberger was or what Mason Rudolph is or what Dwayne Haskins is I I, if I'm Pittsburgh and Minnesota wants to move on and you can get them for a good price I would actually pull the trigger if I was Pittsburgh well it's just sports are so fascinating because there are so many like like we live in this you know social media world where everything is either the best or the worst good or bad this or that title or bus whatever 
And so I bring it up because sometimes we lose nuance in what we do and, and, and how we cover sports. And I think Kirk Cousins is the perfect example. I mean, you look at all of the teams that still need help at quarterback right now, let alone the ones that have their quarterback, and you start to sit there and say, well, wait a second now. Drew Brees retired two years ago. Tom Brady's gone. Ben Roethlisberger was not Ben Roethlisberger over these last couple of years. Uh, just go through all of the teams, the Cleveland Browns, what's going on with Baker Mayfield. The Colts don't have a quarterback. We don't know what's going on with the Texans. Uh, Tua, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And you start to realize that for all of the criticism that Kirk Cousins gets, and I think some of it is justified, right? He is sure. not – He, you know, like like – Probably not going to, in year 10 or 11, elevate you to a Super Bowl the way that maybe Matthew Stafford did. But is he better, and is he a better option than a lot of teams? Like, not just one or two teams. I mean, I'm talking like a dozen-plus teams that have a – is he the better option than what they have right now? The answer is absolutely, and I do think especially with a guy like that, sometimes we lose that nuance. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Again, thanks to Mike Tannenbaum uh, for joining us, founder of the 33rd Team. That's where you can find that site on Twitter, an absolute great follow. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. The lockout is over. So now where will Freddie Freeman end up? We tell you next year on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The madness is rolling on in March. Welcome in. A crazy Friday. And yeah, there's no Doug Gottlieb, but you actually will get some Doug Gottlieb today. Doug's actually going to join us live from the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis, where college basketball dominating the landscape. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Listen, we know there's quarterfinals going on. There's going to be semifinal action tonight in college hoops. We will have you covered with that. Plus, NFL free agency on the the horizon a very interesting situation in seattle that has nothing to do with russell wilson we will talk about that in about 20 minutes with a former nfl gm but first i want you to check out the latest lines for the world of sports at bet rivers sportsbook bet rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting must be 21 must be present in colorado illinois indiana and pennsylvania to play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Aaron, have you ever watched a game and have no dog in the fight and then two hours later realize that you're cheering for a team? That ever Uh, happened to you? It happens very regularly. Yes, Dan. But where could you possibly be going with that question? Well, the reason I say that is because I think those situations are naturally. Maybe like how the game plays out. It's Your, your team isn't affected uh, by the outcome of the game. But you just see how the game plays out. And you all of a sudden just are like, you know what? I kind of want this team to win. I, maybe I like the way they play. Maybe I, I like this player. Just... It naturally comes about. There's no hidden agenda. There's no uh, preconceived notions of anything. You kind of come in with a blank slate, and it just happens naturally. And that's what I think happened last night in the NBA in Philadelphia, that there was a natural storyline that was developed. It had nothing to do with Ben Simmons sitting on the bench. Although, if you want to take a guess on how much that Louis Vuitton sweater Ben Simmons was wearing – you can, again, at Dan Bayer on Fox, at Aaron underscore Torres. We are all going to take stabs at how much that Louis Vuitton uh, – was it a hockey sweater? Is that how we would c- characterize it? Is that how you looked at it? Or was it just a regular sweater for Ben Simmons? Are you talking to me or Jay Stu? I, yeah, I you. Just, I'm talking to you. Okay, Jay, you and Jay Stu have been on the sweater beat here uh, all day long. I, 
I just maybe I wasn't paying as close of attention as you guys were. It I just looked like a nice uh, overpriced sweater that I yeah. could never afford okay. to me. It, yeah, it was a big LV that didn't stand yes. for Las Vegas. On I the thought front. it did, by the way. <laughs> unrelated. Oh, like huge Golden Knights fan that Ben Simmons. <laughs> he had a lot but, of time on his hands the last couple of months. Forgive him. He's, he, I guess he became a hockey fan. Jason Stewart, the show's producer, does have the price tag of this sweater. We will all take our stab by the end of this segment at how much that sweater cost. I purposely stayed away from any Louis Vuitton site. I encourage Ooh. John Ramos and Brian Finley and was you that, two, Aaron Was that hard not, for you to do throughout the day? Just well, stay it away is from bookmarked. the Louis Vuitton site? Okay, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, you know, and, I I've, and I've got the app. You know, they, you just naturally comes up for all of the Louis Vuitton stuff I buy. You know what would be concerning is if you went to type it into your browser and it auto-loaded and you're like, wait a second, I better check the credit card statement. Has the wife, have the kids, have they been doing any shopping that I'm not aware of here? <laughs> if uh, I typed in if I typed in Louis, it would be Louis Rich Turkey. That's like what would pop up. Like it would be a smoked meat. That, was, that would be the recommendations. Or maybe in your case, Louisville. You could have that po- option pop up. But we'll get to the Ben Simmons sweatshirt and last night guess what was it about ben simmons and you know what even though james harden was three of 17 from the floor it maybe wasn't about the philadelphia 76ers and james harden playing against his former team last night in my mind aaron in watching that game it became so apparent that we had all these things that we were watching we were watching harden we were watching simmons we're watching simmons in the pregame but after last night's game the Brooklyn Nets are a problem, and it's not anything that is that is unfounded. But listen, this is the team that's in the eight spot. Kevin Durant just came back uh, from a knee injury. Kyrie still can't play in home games. They've lost Joe Harris for the season. They're also trying to incorporate new guys. There are question marks about Brooklyn. And last night, to me, in the natural setting of what occurred over those two hours, where everything that the rest of the Eastern Conference feared that maybe could happen with Brooklyn came to reality, that the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to be the, you know what, they just had a bad season, things didn't work. They are the real deal. And that's what naturally occurred last night in, in my mind, above all the hubbub of Simmons and Harden. It's that the Nets are now legitimately, legitimately a problem for everyone in the Eastern Conference. It's really funny because I remember back to last year, and I don't remember how much that you remember the news cycle from last year, but obviously that was the season that James Harden was on the team. And there was kind of this stretch where – uh, you know, over the course of the last two, three months of the season, you keep waiting for those guys to play together, waiting for them. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like all at once, the light bulb kind of went off over the media's head of like, wait a second, we're just picking them to go to the finals. And last year, obviously, we liked the Lakers before the Anthony Davis injury. We're just assuming that this Brooklyn Nets big three is going to be awesome, but they've never played together. And so I bring that up because then the playoffs start, then they do play together for a very brief window before James Harden's hamstring hurts, before Kyrie goes down with the foot injury. And you realize, oh, they are like everything that we thought they could be. I mean, I, I vividly remember watching the game it ended with the Kyrie stomp on the Boston Celtics logo, but I remember watching that game, and that was one of the few games that all three of those guys played together at full capacity, at full strength, and they combined for something like 90-plus points, uh, win going away. It's not even close. They put up 145, 150 points, whatever it was, and I had that same realization last year. And so I guess I'm just a little bit different because I've never really doubted them based on not only what I saw, and I understand there's moving parts with James Harden and all that, but 
when Kevin Durant was out there, Kevin Durant was awesome. Obviously, Kyrie, we, we don't know what his, his kind of situation is. But my whole thought has always been, if Kevin Durant is on that floor, they got a chance against anybody. And if Kyrie is with them, they're probably the favorite. So I don't know that it really uh, altered my opinion on, on Brooklyn as much as it confirmed, hey, we just haven't seen these guys all out there in a while in a game like this. But when they're out there, my oh my is Kevin are Kevin Durant and, and you know his crew really special? But I, I I think that last night and and I of seeing this version of the Nets, mm-hmm. I think that is what is different. Of you know the other was Kyrie. There, I mean, being able to come back and play in the road games, but still, I mean, this team over the month of February, the worst month of February of of anybody in the NBA. But just be, you know, I mean, you didn't have Kevin Durant. You only had Kyrie at certain times. Like it was, it was not a good month. And I just don't know of of being able to turn on that switch if that would be that automatic. And then you make this trade where I, I don't know how much of a role Ben Simmons is going to have to play, but there are still other guys that have to get incorporated. Or one of those guys, Seth Curry, last night, he he was the one that seemed the most motivated to make his former team know that they made a mistake. I mean, he was. 24 points last night, four of eight from behind the, the arc. Let the 76ers bench know it every time he hit a three. Like, it's all of those things coming together. And I guess, Eric, the reason why I think it's a big deal, because this was also Philadelphia's opportunity to show. Sure, fair. And they laid an absolute egg. Like, you had Durant and Joel Embiid, you know, mouthing and going back and forth, exchanging words after, a, uh, after like, an Embiid. Uh, it was followed by Durant. Uh, basically, Embiid uh, ran him over. But you had had the words going, you had the crowd going, you had everything there in what was the biggest game of the season for Philadelphia, and everything was thought to be roses with James Harden, and then you get blown out by 29 against the team that you you know just did this deal with and is sitting in the eighth spot in the East. Like for for all of the things, like I just think that we need to give Brooklyn credit because Philadelphia absolutely did not live up to like Philadelphia probably should have given that same effort against Brooklyn last night and it was not there let me ask you um I think we Brooklyn deserves credit uh Brooklyn's awesome as you said um the team that has Kevin Durant I like their chances in the playoffs especially if Kyrie's able to play and all that stuff did you feel like though the last couple weeks it seems like there's been a little too much James Harden, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers buzz for my liking. Like, I get the – first of all, I think it's a byproduct of the media world that we live in. Everybody wants something new. Everybody wants something fun. The, mm-hmm. We've seen the Warriors for a million years. The Lakers are terrible. The Suns are kind of the same team they were last year. We just want some – oh, my goodness, look at this team in Philadelphia. Embiid and Harden. Oh, my God, they've been waiting their whole careers to play together. And it was like, can we get maybe like more than five games before we just hand them the Larry O'Brien trophy? Sure. <laughs> and, and so, like, I think that's part of it, too, is I think it confirmed what we already knew about what a team with Kevin Durant looks like at full strength. Uh, but I think we also it, it also probably confirmed that, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers aren't just going to steamroll to the NBA championship because they looked good on a couple, you know, random Tuesday or Friday nights against teams that they're not going to face in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think James Harden also, uh, in a side note, he said after the game, you know, this is we needed this because everything was everything was coming up roses. I mean, they, 
had back-to-back wins against the Knicks, you know. And <laughs> I, I know, look, listen, Minnesota's a good team. Cavaliers are a playoff team. Uh, Bulls are as well, but the Bulls are having a little trouble right now. That's who they've beaten since uh, Harden ended up coming back to the lineup. But just to, to lay the egg, and for Harden, who has such a reputation of not coming up big mm-hmm. in big games, to go 3 of 17 last night, it just – it's – I mean, if you're if you're Philadelphia waking up this morning, uh, there are issues. And and I truly expect because I actually think it's going to be difficult for Brooklyn. I mean, there's you know, we're down to 15, 16 games in this uh, rest of this season, Aaron. And there are teams who are just going to be punting on the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And so Brooklyn's sitting there right now in the eighth spot in the East. They're five games back of Cleveland with with uh, about fifteen to go. That's how many Brooklyn has yet to play. Uh, that's that can be. That's not easy to make up. So the point is, is they are likely in the play-in tournament. I think for Brooklyn, and now you're going to have a team like. Milwaukee, who's hot right now, they've won their last six. The Sixers, we talked about, the Heat are sitting in the top spot. Do you really want to sit there and have to face Brooklyn in the first round of the playoffs if you're a one or a two seed? Like, you want to talk about tanking for teams like with draft picks. If you're Milwaukee or you're Miami sitting there, yeah, it may be nice to have home courts uh, throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. But it wouldn't be nice to have Kevin Durant coming into your arena in the first round of an NBA playoff series. Well, and it's something that you and I plan on talking about yesterday until we had absolute insanity with MLB and Khalil Mack and all that stuff. But it's funny because, like, every year there are these teams, and this year, you know, it probably was the Bulls. It isn't so much the Bulls anymore, maybe Memphis, where the regular season means so much. But let me just say it out loud. Brooklyn as the eight seed, Miami versus as the one seed – Eastern Conference opening round. I know that Brooklyn would have to get through the playing round and all that stuff. But is anyone not picking the team that has Kevin Durant? Like, I, I understand in, in the regular season, and we're going to kind of hit on it later throughout the show with the Steph stuff, and I get all that. But I, I just think that sometimes we just spend so much time overthinking, overanalyzing. Again, I do think part of it is that we just like new stuff to talk about. And by the way, this is our business. We have to, you know, find creative ways to be interesting. But I, I just I, I just find it interesting. I, I don't care what the record is. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. You give me the team with Kevin Durant, and hopefully, obviously, in this scenario that Kyrie Irving is playing, I don't really care who they're playing. Like, certain matchups, obviously, Milwaukee would be a brutal matchup for them if, if that's how it goes. But whether it's Philly, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Miami, whoever it would be, I'm taking the team with Kevin Durant. I just think sometimes we overthink this stuff during an NBA during the course of a I, long NBA regular season. I actually think a lot of people go that way. That's why people still think the Lakers can win an NBA title. Sure. Like, I, I think that people look at the Lakers right now, and there are people out there who think that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to turn on this magic switch, Fair. or they're going to convince themselves, like, hey, still, to your point, hey, I'm not betting against LeBron in a seven-game series, when all we do throughout the entire regular season is analyze everything that's wrong with the Lakers. And I and so, you know, and I look at, I look at a Lakers team right now, and not to make this a Lakers conversation, but I think it's very similar to what Brooklyn is, and I still think that there's a a group of people that feel like the Lakers are the team that 
you know, could still come out of the West, which I find is crazy. I think there's a 0% chance the Lakers come come out of the West. And I think that's what makes what's happening in the East different. To your point, you've never wavered on Brooklyn. I've wavered on Brooklyn just because we've seen what's happened with the Lakers, and I think that a tough road and not maybe having that chemistry could still play a part. Because I think Milwaukee's really good. I actually think the Bucks are better than they were last year. Whether that means they win it all this year is a completely different conversation. And, and, and you could have a scenario where Philadelphia is better than they were uh, a year ago and probably are now right now. So I think all that plays into the East where I think it's a tougher road. But I guess to your point, when you have Kevin Durant, you have Kevin Durant, you always have a shot. He's well, Aaron Oh, go yeah, ahead. I, I would, no, I was just going to say the other thing, too, is because he misses a lot of regular season games, I think you forget that. I just go back to um, I just go back to last year being on air against the 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 the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the the shoe that's oversized and his toes on the line and otherwise they're advancing. I just I think sometimes you can overthink stuff and I'm taking the team that has Kevin Durant every single time. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. All right. We said we would do it. The prices of the Ben Simmons sweater. I'll go first, okay? I am going to say $15,000 for that sweater. That is my guess on the price. Jason Stewart, our executive producer, has it. Let's go around the room. Aaron, would you like to throw a price on how much that sweater that Ben Simmons wore last night cost? Is this like uh, Price is Right where if I go over, I'm disqualified? <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I kind of like that, actually. If you really think he well, overbid, you can you can go $1 if you want. No, I can't do that to Dane. We can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Uh, I'll say... $9,999. All right. John Ramos? You said it was a Louis Vuitton? Uh, yes. Ooh, God, I got my wife one of those a couple months ago. Um, <laughs> I would say, you said 50000 I would say, I would say 10000 Okay. I said fifteen. Aaron oh you went uh, uh basically I went lower. a dollar above Aaron. Oh, Aaron okay. said nine oh. nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. John went ten thousand. Ah. Brian John, Fenley, you know, you, John, you you know bid? nothing's actually priced at ten thousand dollars. It's always nine ninety nine ninety nine to make you feel like you're you're getting a deal. I know you know Ramos because you're buying Louis Vuitton all the time. <laughs> yeah. Fenley, what do you got? Is it fake Louis Vuitton? Like fake Oakley's? No, no it's real real oh, deal. It is real. Well, if I was gonna say a buck seventy five that's probably not going to stand, right? Maybe. Uh, prob- yeah, yeah. You, you could go the $1 route, sure, yeah. if you thought we all overbid. I, I, I'm going to go $2.13. Oh, he's going to do the $1. <laughs> Jason Stewart, what do you got with the answer? Okay, so just just to be specific, it's an Antarja football uh, sweater. <laughs> an Antarja oh. football sweater. Um, and I get, like you said, it looks like a Las Vegas hockey sweater. Now it says Vuitton on the back. And if you go to the Louis Vuitton site, now you can go to a third party and pay more, but if you go to the Louis Vuitton uh, site right now, you're going to pay $1,370. Oh, $1,370. Wow. So I actually thought it would be a lot more. It's, uh, we were all way off on that. Brian Fenley gets to walk away with the jersey for 2 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> tell. I don't know why I thought it was $15,000. It's probably pretty absurd. I think for it, winning, Fenley should get sent this sweater. Could we just expense it to your <laughs> business account, buyer? 
Uh, apparently, I thought the sweater was made of elephant tusks, like because that's. I mean, I was I way off. Yeah, yeah. Just a little expense. Expense the sweater. Just charge it to the Doug Gottlieb show uh, billing. Group. My, that's my all only need thought to do. is Ramos got a raw deal on whatever he bought for Louis Vuitton. He could have got a much better deal if he was shopping in the Ben Simmons section. That's he all got I a guess. Larry Vuitton. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. It is the Doug Gottlieb show. What happens when an NFL veteran gets released? We'll get the dirty details next here on Fox Sports Radio. Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, we can use what the pros use as Hustler has a complete lineup of residential mowers. Look, there are a lot of mower brands out there, and you know what? Many of them are fine. Well, Hustler Turf does it do fine. They do high-performance steering, heavy-duty frame construction, precision cut quality, and lots and lots of testing. Their engineers design it so you can't break it. Over six and a half decades of building lawnmowers, ladies and gentlemen, they know what they're doing. And these aren't the kind of mowers you're going to find in a big box store. Hustler is over 1,400 nationwide dealers that will not only help you find the right mower for your needs, but they will be there later if you need replacement parts or service. Go to HustlerTurf.com and find a dealer close to you. Again, that's HustlerTurf.com.